Alright, back to the normal flow. Back to headquarters, Kyle. Back to the HQ. The HQ. We have the JK Sports Podcast coming to you. As always, I am Juan. And I'm Kyle. And we are are home. We're finally home. We've uh, done a lot of traveling. We've had a couple, uh, let's just say, hiccups in the road. But that has not deterred us from having a great podcast that we're going to grind it out for you listeners every single week. That's right. We'll just take it on the road with us. Uh, we've had a couple good live podcasts recently, a couple good experiences. Hopefully our listeners have enjoyed them as well. Yeah, I feel like I got a little bit of a, I got energized, you know, not from the time off, but this is just previous weekend. I, I really felt energized in the podcast and a lot of good things. It, it was a great weekend. We we uh, obviously were at the Web.com Championship up at Atlantic Beach Country Club in Jacksonville. Um, but we'll get into the tournament here in just a second. But it was also nice to meet other fellow podcasters. Is that what, is, or is that what you call them? Podcasters? Like, you know, Alcohol Anonymous group, like the, the podcast group. Right. Podcasters. I mean, if they're alcoholics, we're podcastolics. Podcastaholics. Right. Right. Is the is the right name. That's correct. That's correct. Pod, podcastaholics. <laughs> That's um, So it's it, it's always good to to meet fellow um, peers within the business, if you will, ones that have seen great success. Uh, much like the the guys at No Laying Up, we really enjoyed spending time with them, um, learning more about their structure and uh, kind of what they've done for the game of golf. I think. Yeah, they have uh, really uh, big fans of theirs. Uh, the No Laying Up podcast. They make golf fun. They have turned a uh, you know grow the game of golf. I think they have done that. They're. Um, I don't know, they're just a bunch of great guys, and they do a lot of fun things with their podcast, with their uh, Twitter feeds, articles. They make great shirts and clothing, which immediately when I saw them, I was like, I'm, I'm going to go buy one of their uh, shirts. I did Actually, the same. I, I didn't want to buy one. I just requested one for Christmas. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Even better. Even better. They, uh, they definitely, I, I think, helped improve the atmosphere at the web.com championship. It was a pretty awesome event. It was. I, I was, uh, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised, but it, it definitely exceeded expectations from from what I thought it would be. Not that I thought it was going to be bad. I just had no idea what to expect on the web.com tour. And I really do think it's something I would love to go back. If you guys haven't been to the web.com tour um, championship or, or any of them, I heard... Uh, I heard Cleveland is a great place to go to and visit for the web.com tour, so uh, I would definitely check it out. Yeah, I agree, and, and definitely support the guys on the tour. Uh, these guys are grinding. I mean, truly, you know, we always talk about the guys on the PGA Tour grinding every week, you know, staying on the tour. Um, but, you know, these guys, that when you talk about the total purse being one-ninth of what the the PGA tour purses um, and you know the top 25 guys on the web.com are earn, earning their PGA card 
uh, it's just awesome to see, you know, their future change um, and to get, you know, to earn that PGA Tour card. Uh, you see a lot of players that have lost it. Uh, names you're familiar with from the tour back on uh, the web.com trying to get back there. It's just a really cool atmosphere to see them, you know, grinding to get back there. And and then as a spectator, you know, pretty awesome. You still have the, the big tents. Uh, the stands, you know, you've got the food trucks and the, the bars and what it's just a really cool atmosphere. And I, I'm a huge fan of attending golf tournaments because it's unlike any other sporting event. You're right there with the athletes, right there next to them. They walk amongst you. Um, very casual. You're outside enjoying the day. You can stay as long as you want. There's no, you know, true start or end. I mean, obviously the first tee time and the last guy to finish is you know, the official starting in, but you kind of come and go as you want, pay attention as you want. It's, I, I love it. They're, they're grinders, Kyle, like us, similar to us. They go out there and grind on tour. We just grind in this podcast. Um, someday we'll get to 10,000 hours of podcast. I, I did think about that actually this week because, you know, it's they, uh, Malcolm Gladwell had the book of the 10,000 hour rule. That's when you become proficient in something. What does he know? And I thought, well, how long would it take us? <laughs> 10,000 hours. It would take 10,000 hours. We do one, we would do, we do one hour a week, two hours maybe a week, 52 weeks. That's a thousand. So 10 more years. And I think we'll be pretty awesome at this. I think if you listen to podcasts though, that's got to count, right? Not just talking. No. You're absorbing, you're learning. And who, who is Malcolm Gladwell? He's a self-proclaimed expert. In the, get out of here, Malcolm. I, I think he's great. I'd love for him to come on the podcast. Malcolm Gladwell, if you can get on, I would love to argue about this with you. Yeah, absolutely. But um, arguing, was, is there any argument on Tiger Woods this weekend? No, uh, we were talking earlier before we got on the podcast. I'm still riding high from this. I think it is truly remarkable what he was able to do. In all honesty, last year, you know, fourth back surgery, you see the articles, his mugshot in the paper, you see the video of him pulled over. I mean, literally almost dead. I thought his career was dead. At that point, it hit me. And I was actually very bummed we're never going to see Tiger back to where he was. And that was depressing to me because I'm not sure if there's anything more exciting than watching Tiger in his prime. And to see not just him win, but the crowd into it, the videos of the crowd following him on 18, walking up the final hole, the pictures, it was just unreal and it reminded me why I love watching Tiger not just play golf but play well it was awesome I, I, I agree I don't know if I'm riding a huge high today from it but it's I, I guess I just can't grasp it right grasp the fact that Tiger Woods like people were watching Tiger more than they were watching the NFL yesterday if they had a choice you know, like they were, right. they were focusing on Tiger. And to the point of, did you know he was going to do this again? Um, somebody tweeted out, um, one of the golf writers said, just a refresher, 
543 days ago, Tiger Woods couldn't even tie his shoes because of severe back pain, was likely addicted to pain medication, and told the cops he was in California when he crashed his car into a guardrail in Florida. That is the state, like, less than <laughs> a year and a half, basically, he didn't even know where he was, popping pain pills, and couldn't tie his shoes. I also saw another tweet where he was at his house and he was trying to chip and he fell down and just collapsed. And luckily his daughter like always follows him. He's like, dad, are you okay? He's like, please go get the doctors or whatever housemates <laughs> stay with them. He's like, are you okay? He's like, please go get them. I've fallen and I, <laughs> I can't get up. That is, that is pretty remarkable that he's, that, that, I mean, it's a, it's a Cinderella story, right? We all love somebody who goes to the top and crashes and then comes back up. Well, and you're right. And it's a Cinderella story with multiple, multiple layers because physically he was done. Four back surgeries, knee surgeries, and we're talking a sport that requires you to be limber in order to be successful. And when you're talking about, you know, screwing around with your back, that's a pretty big deal. So, you know, physically, he really should have been down and out. And we've seen in any sport, you can name any sport, people have their careers ruined because of major injuries like this. And then you have the mental aspect, which substance abuse, I mean, you look at golfers like Anthony Kim, who, you know, just, he was on fire when he came on the tour. And then unfortunately, you know, had some issues, never the same, just completely fell off the face of the earth. And then dealing with, you know, the public embarrassment that he dealt with too. There's just, I mean, you can go on and on and on with stuff he's dealt with into. So to come back from that is just, it's mind blowing to me. I just, I truly, I think that shows how mentally tough he is in just, I don't know. It's, I can't, I, to your point, I, it's hard to grasp what he came back from. Yeah. I, the thing I always admire about Tiger, even I felt like Tiger got me into the game of golf, watching him. I wanted to be a golfer. He, he did that for many people when I didn't even understand golf really. Um, but I, I think that the one thing I could always take about Tiger was he never quit. Like he could be almost dead last at a tournament. And then they'd ask him in an interview, what do you think? He's like, well, yeah, I think I, I still got a chance. I mean, all those guys aren't going to shoot well, and I could probably go out there and still shoot very, you know, 62 or, or 60 and, and still be right into it. He always thought, he never thought in his mind that he was out of it. He always gave himself a chance. And even on the holes, when he wasn't really on it at all, and he knew he wasn't going to win. I mean, what was it? Was it the PGA Championship where he hit zero fairways yeah, right, <laughs> at right, all, but right. he still shot three or three or four under. Right. Like that, that is what's great about him that you never can count him out on anything. And his mental toughness is right. ridiculous. It's like Dave Chappelle, you know, when they did his whole Tiger Woods skit, it's like, he's got the mind of a, like the mind of an Asian who is just super uh, focused, right. you know, and the gifts of a, great black athlete <laughs> he does 
No, it's like it, right. you can't you can't do it. It's over. It's he's Superman. Right. Well, clearly his dad's Navy SEAL mind tricks have worked very successfully for him. It's just it's crazy to me. You know, you look at all of these incredible storylines in golf. I mean, I follow golf very closely, and since he's won a major in 08, there have been just some phenomenal stories that have occurred within the golfing community. And, you know, a lot of them with younger golfers. You know, you look at Rory when he came on the scenes, Spieth when he came on the scenes. You look at guys like DJ who talk about mental breakdowns in majors and then finally breaking through to win. There are these, you, you can go on and on and on, one story after another, but they pale in comparison to what Tiger was able to do this weekend. And it wasn't even a major. It's just, it, it is bizarre to me how much further he moves the needle than any other golfer that has ever lived. And that's including Jack Arnie. They don't even come close to what Tiger has done for not just the game of golf, but sports in general and contracts and endorsements. And he's he, like Brett the Hitman Hart, you know, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be for my wrestling fans out there. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Is, is his name really Bret Hart? Bret the Hitman Hart. Well, I understand. He's from Canada. Who's he hitting? He's the Hitman. He's going to hit everybody. He, he doesn't because it's wrestling. It's fake. You're fake. No. We'll, we'll have a wrestling topic <laughs> later. But, but I will, will say another great thing about point about Tiger was Ricky Fowler, Justin Tom, uh, Thomas, um... Billy Horschel all waiting for him out there, you know, when he was done to congratulate him. Now, Billy Horschel, I didn't, you know, I feel like he's just kind of tagging along right there. But Ricky and Justin, they're the, I guess, the cool kids on the block. But is it a little, are you kind of tired, though, of Ricky and Justin just always being around at the end of each tournament, congratulating each other with Jordan Spieth and all that, even though they've finished DFL? And they're still just drunk and waiting for their friends. Well, it's not an official big tournament unless Ricky's waiting for the winner at the end, right? <laughs> I mean, that's become, you know, kind of almost cliche at this point. And I, and I love Ricky, but, I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's more of a, it's more for their benefit. Um, you know, they want to share in the spotlight a little so they know if they hang around, the cameras are going to love them congratulating the winner. Um, I don't know. It's... Yeah, that's a little much at this oh, point. Spin zone wasn't that big a deal for Tiger winning. 30 players in the field. Everybody, half of them mailed it in after the first two rounds when they knew they weren't in it. So was that really a big deal for Tiger to win this, this tournament here? Okay, well, I would argue that's very similar to saying... Is it a big, yeah, no, it's it's a huge deal because it's it's like a true playoff system now to where they're whittling it down to the best and hottest golfers at that time. So, you know, it, it's that would be just like saying, well, you know, in a national championship game for football, you know, Alabama beats Clemson. Well, Clemson's not playing their best football right now. Well, no, but Clemson earned the right to be there. They've had the best season thus far, and have played the best up to that point. If they just played a bad game, 
you know, then you say, well, Clemson didn't play a good game. Does Alabama really deserve it? Well, of course they do. It's a similar. You're talking about the 30 best golfers in the world at that given time. It's. I would argue that this win was probably bigger than any other win he's had other than the 97 Masters. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. What? I think it was that important for him to win. Number one, it's his 80th win. So now he's only two, behind. two, two back Some Sam uh, of Sam Snead's record. So he's that much closer. Number two, the confidence for him to come back after all of this and win proves that he can beat the best in the world at any given time. And to be quite honest, you know, Sunday it wasn't even really ever close, right? I mean, he had a, the tournament was wrapped up by then. So, you know, it's... I just think with everything that has happened, for him to be able to come and win that event, for him, for Tiger personally, I bet you he would say this is as big of a win as he's ever had, if he was being honest. No. No way. No way. There's, he has had way bigger wins than this personally for him. Why not the one where he was on one knee and he won the uh, U.S. Open? Sure. Right? Uh, on Physically, the, that was a bigger Yeah, he overcame. That's emotion. That overcame. That's all mental when you can't physically move and you're going that way. But, you know, I could counter your argument about that's like saying Alabama Clemson, but Clemson's not playing their best ball, right? It, it's, you could say... Every conference gets into the playoff, right? But you know that this conference is not good, right? Like last year, everybody said Miami's such a good team, such a good team. They're in the ACC. They finally played against good people. And they're like, yeah, Miami's not very good. They play in a crappy conference, which we're going to talk about conferences a little bit later more on. More to come. More, more to come on that. But you could make the argument that it's like, well, that's who we played in their schedule, right? Many people say that about Alabama. But one the, – the, the argument I would make against that, though, is the golfers are playing the same courses every week against the same golfers every week. They're essentially playing the exact same schedule every week. It's not like there are certain golfers that take an easier route to get there. So – and especially once the playoffs come around, it's – the same course, it's the same conditions, it's the same golfers. They're, you know, they're all playing against the course. So, I, I understand the argument against well, the field isn't that deep. There's only 30 golfers. Right, that's true. But it's the 30 best golfers in the world at that exact moment in time. So you're playing against all of them at their peak. Uh, you know, you think about speed. He didn't even make it there. You know. People would argue all the time he's, you know, one of the ten best golfers in the world right now. I'm going to go ahead and say it's a big tournament for him. It was awesome. Gets him the confidence. I mean, he was so close to winning a major this year and winning tournaments, Bay Hill, um, TPC, many other tournaments. He was close. I don't know if he was close in the TPC, actually. Um, I don't believe so. But he was close on a couple other tournaments there. Next year, I want to. I gotta see him win a major. Do you think right? he'll win a major in 2019? I want to say yes, cause I, I never want to count him out. But I don't know. I, I I really, 
gun to my head, I, I don't I don't know what I would say. I'd probably lean against no if you say gun to my head. I I would I want him to, but I'm I'm not there yet of saying that he's all the way back. I think he wins a major next year. I think he comes out and start I think this is the confidence he needs. His health is back. For the next couple months after Ryder Cup, he will be practicing, perfecting his game, and all he needed was that confidence. He's got it now. If you watch the clips, you watch the videos of him walking up 18, can you imagine anything motivating you any more than that? That gets me so fired up and jazzed. I want to run through this wall right now just thinking <laughs> about the clip. I'm not even watching. I'm just thinking about it. He would definitely... I don't think he even needs that motivation. I think he already has that motivation in his head. I, I will say yesterday when he was talking about... He was very congratulatory to Justin Rose for winning the $10 million. Sure. Um, and, and saying how great of a year he had. And being the number one golfer is a great thing. Part of me really wanted Tiger to just go super cocky and say, Yeah, I know how tough it is being number one. You know, in, in the whole year, so I really congratulate you doing it. Obviously, you haven't been number one for 10 years like I was, <laughs> so I, I would know how hard it is. But th- that's he he has a one upper on every single person on tour, like no doubt. He should always have lifetime status to the Ryder Cup. <laughs> you know, lifetime status to anything that he wants, because his resume. Will just always say if you stack it up against everybody's, it's gonna dominate. They're gonna say, "Oh wow, you won three tournaments this year. That's great. I won three tournaments like in a row, ten years in a row." Like, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. You've won ten tournaments overall in your PGA career, which gives you lifetime exemption. That's great. I've won eighty. Talk, wake me up when you've won eighty. And think about that. We were at the web.com championship where these guys are just trying to make it and get their card. And then if they do win just one tournament, one PGA tournament that changes and alters their life forever and for multiple reasons. And Tiger has won 80 events that are PGA sanctioned. That's not even counting the overseas events that he's won too. 80 times. That's try to fathom that. That's wild to me. The, the other part that's wild is his last win in the PGA Tour was in 2013. Yeah. So yeah. he went five years without sniff. let's say, let's really say four years without sniffing anything. Yeah. <laughs> right? Took two years off, you could say, on tour. Yeah. Um, and in five years, he's still like... 80 wins. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. How can you not play for five years and say, yeah, that's... My biggest regret is that I didn't appreciate the Tiger Woods early on growing up. I, I, I'm upset that I, I wish I could go back and relive Tiger Woods in his glory days and, and just appreciate that is That is one of my biggest regrets. Because looking back on it now, I'm like, I wish I could just... These shots that we're, we're seeing today, seeing his great stuff, I wish I, I just had 10 more years of him at his peak. That would be incredible. Unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to get that. But, yes, I, give, me, give me two more years of this, I will be happy. Yes. 
I, I think that there was a um, God, there was a great quote that if I could find it from his ex coach Hank Haney um, that if I can find it I'll say it but it, it basically just said um, I remember people telling me I wish I could have played Tiger Woods in his prime and Hank Haney said the hell you did <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it I, I don't know if there's any other athlete in any other sport that was as intimidating as Tiger um, in his prime. You just, you knew you were losing. You just, you, you didn't stand a chance. He knew it, you knew it, everybody knew it. It was awesome. Yeah. So, Tiger Woods, it was a good weekend. Tiger Woods is back in the golf, golf world. Ryder Cup coming up, so let's see how he, uh, how he does on that. That's right, America. That's right. We are real American. It is Ryder Cup week. Woo! Fired up. Fired up. We are uh, we're in Paris. Paris. In the Ryder Cup, so we're obviously the visitors. We're going in. We're coming in strong. The teams are set. They're ready to do this. You know, I'm a little upset. I'm not as pumped up as I as I was. Two years ago at this time, but I, th- I think I'll I should be able to get ready. Well, two years ago when it was in the states, we we had a little bit of a motivator being there live in person, so it made it a little easier to get fired up. But I'm I, what I'm excited about is that started early in the morning. I'm gonna wake up early every day. I'm gonna slam some coffee, slam some mimosas or bloodies, and just let it rip. Be done by noon, one, have the rest of my day to relive how awesome America is. It's going to be great. Be wearing America tank tops. I, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Possibilities are endless. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get to your level. I'm still not there for the, for the Ryder Cup level. You, you need to. You need to lock it up. Let's focus. We've got a big weekend. This is America's time to shine. It is. I'm still, you know, we just talked about Tiger Woods. It's kind of hard not to think about Tiger Woods in this, but he's going to be in this. And I just don't know what to expect with Tiger Woods in the Ryder Cup. Well, when you look at Tiger Woods' record in the Ryder Cup, team play is not very good. But individually, he's got a pretty good record. Um, Like Patrick Reed good? No. Captain America, he's pretty impressive when it comes to Ryder Cup uh, performances. I can't stand them any other time. They're, once every two years, I will cheer for Patrick Reed, and it's during the Ryder Cup. And that's when I love his just American cockiness. He's our Ian Poulter. That's well, our, exactly I mean, right. Yeah. That's exactly right. He is our Ian Poulter. Um, but I will tell you, as you look at the, the teams together, it is... 
To me, I feel like this is Europe's weakest team in a while. And before we even get into the players, it's shocking to me when I look at their captain and vice captains, how just loser-filled they are. It is shocking to me. First of all, their captain is Thomas Bjorn. Are really Thomas Bjorn? I mean, I don't dislike him, but there's no way a guy named Thomas Bjorn is leading anybody to victory. The other thing, too, is if you look at two of their three vice captains, Luke Donald and Lee Westwood, talk about complete and utter failures on the big stage. Wasn't Luke Donald just in the web.com tour? No. Lucas Glover? Lucas Glover. Thinking of Lucas Glover? Lucas Glover. Luke Donald has just completely fallen off the map. He would, if you remember, he was actually the number one golfer in the world for a while. Yet, I, I got to be honest, I'm not even sure. I think he won like one PGA Tour event, never won a major. He always came up short on the big stage. And then Lee Westwood is just notorious for just crapping the bed when it's time to play big. I I don't know, has anybody, well, Jack Nicholas has the most second place finishes in majors, but he and Fat Phil are, between the two of them, have to be, have to have the most second place finishes. Luke Donald has never lost a Ryder Cup, though. How many has he played in? Four. He, but, <laughs> what's his record? Four and up. Well, I don't know what his four, record He's played is. four he's matches. He's won ten and a half points in 15 matches. That's pretty strong um, from him. So he'll, Probably because he was paired with a good teammate. He did beat one of his uh, most crucial, crucial matches was his victory in the opening singles match against Bubba Watson during the Miracle oh, at Medina. Yeah, in 2012. Uh, well, you're playing against a complete nutter head case. But uh, you forgot to mention a vice captain, Patrick Harrington. Patrick. Oh, Patty. I like Patty. He took advantage of Tiger's absence from the game, won two British Opens and one PGA Championship right after Tiger injured his leg in the 08 U.S. Open. Uh, Patty came on strong and uh, you know took home three majors in a very brief period of time. So I, I like Patty. I, I don't have a problem with Patty. He was like Mr. Automatic of, yep, he just won the British Open. Yep, he won the British Open again. Like, yep. Not, not a problem. Yeah. No, he, uh, like I said, he he took advantage of Tiger being out, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Graham McDowell is also a vice captain for the Europe team. I like Graham. I like Graham. Seems like a pretty low key. You know why you like him? Because he's a loser. He doesn't win all the time. He won a people US Open. Don't, people don't like winners. Yeah, we talked about this. It's like Steve Urkel. Good for him, right? The Jags. Jags, Browns, they won a game. You're happy for them. It's like, oh, yeah, I like them. But do you really like them? Are you really rooting for them? You're only rooting for them because they're not a threat. That's why. That's why you root for them. Well, he's not playing. I'm not concerned about it. Well, he's not a threat as a coach either. As a vice captain, what what is he gonna do? I'm not really sure. Probably hook up with other players' wives because he's been known to do that once Actually, or twice. Really? Yeah, Graham for sure. Hooking up with down in Orlando, other club members' wives and stuff. Oh yeah, you gotta keep that dog locked up. Wow. 
yeah. I guess it, it just most golfers just do that, right? Kind of uh, a la Dustin Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I listen. I love PGA Tour and the players, but I don't know if it's necessarily the cleanest atmosphere. Well, they gotta live their lives, Kyle. They have to live their lives. Yeah, I will tell you the one thing that concerns me with the U.S. team is the fact that it is filled with a bunch of head cases. That's the most concerning item to me. When you look at DeChambeau... Well, before before Kyle, we go to the actual players. Let's compare the captains of the U.S. team. Okay. Versus Let's. the captains of the two th- the Euro team. So we already talked about Luke Donald heading them up. Thomas Bjorn is their captain. Right. Right. Uh, for the U.S., they are being led by their captain, Jim Furyk. Awkward yeah. swing he may have, but have you ever shot a 59, Kyle, through 18 holes? Well, and we're talking about a major winner, too. Thomas Bjorn has never sniffed a major. Furyk has and has a ton of playing experience in Ryder Cups as well. A ton. He's had nine different Ryder Cup uh, uh, performances or year, years that he, teams that he's played on. There's no way Bjorn's played on that many. So I chalk it up one for U.S. right there. I will say he doesn't have a great um, Ryder Cup record. 10, 20, and 4. It doesn't matter. He's been there. But he's a 17-time PGA Tour winner. Yeah. He's a winner. Which is quite a lot. And 10, 20, and 4. So he's played 20 matches in the right. That's, that's well, 24, really, if you count the tie. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's a lot of experience. Yeah. And the first player to ever shoot a 58 in the PGA Tour events. I'm sorry. I thought it was a 59. I shortchanged him. So Jim Furyk, Thomas Bjorn, advantage USA. One US. Next one, we said, who was it, Lee Westwood? Yeah. Lee Westwood, vice captain. We're going to go with David Duval. Go Jags, right? No. God, no. <laughs> Two for US. David Duval, number one player in the world. Lee Westwood had that for a little bit, too. David Duvall, also a major winner, though. Lee Westwood, not so much. Does Duvall have, uh, does Lee Westwood have 11 top 10 finishes in major championships over his career? Does Lee? I'm sure he does. Yeah, so does Duvall. Duvall's career was cut short. You know, we were talking about guys earlier when we were talking about Tiger that had careers derailed due to injury. That's Duvall to a T. I mean, he was at his peak in competing with Tiger, not beating him on the reg, but... You know, unfortunately, he likes to snowboard, hurts himself, uh, can never really play again. Yeah, I feel like this was a, a pick for Tiger, right? And they're saying Tiger's going to be on the team. Who's Tiger's guy? We need somebody to just manage Tiger. Tiger's going to be on his own, not talking to anybody and super focused. Right. Let's give him his buddy, David Duvall. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay with that. So, next vice captain is Mr... Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, Zach Johnson. Right. Masters and, and Kyle, British 
the UK Open. That's correct. Me. That's correct. The Open Championship. That's correct. Yes. Mr. Consistency, he is one of the most well-liked players on the tour. Um, and that is, speaking of consistency, that's pretty consistent across the board. Everybody likes him. He's, good, he's a good team guy, you know. He's a good yeah. locker room guy. He was, and he had a great, uh, he had a pretty good Hazel team, um, record two one and zero, out there. Um, I like, I like him. I so I him. yeah, pair him up against any of the other Euros. Three nothing U.S. Then you're gonna go. Let's let's counter um, Patrick. Well, that was the counter to Patrick right there. Zach Johnson or or Patrick Harrison. Zach Johnson, I mean, even though Patty has three majors versus two, you still give the nod to Zach Johnson. He's been way more consistent for a much longer period of time, much more well-liked, uh, still is competing at a high level. Patty's not. Nod to ZJ. Move on. Next guy, Steve Stricker. Oof. Not, I don't know how I feel about him. I like Stricker. Um Never won a major. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I like Stricker. Also good friends with Tiger, by the way. Helped Tiger with his putting stroke. Um, you know, I think he he's another locker room guy. I think he's more of a crowd pleaser than anything else. Um, I don't know. Who are you pairing him up against? Makes me a little nervous here. Yeah, I think uh, he, the other, who was the... Um... I'm not sure who would I forgot. There's Graham McDowell out there, the Steve that was against that was a Ryder Cup vice captain for Europe. So you're you're talking about the other captains yeah. on here. Yeah. So we'll, we'll yeah pair him up against Graham. Um. Davis Love the third. Normally not a DL three fan. Really. Not a fan. Always laid up, always played it safe. Uh, can't stand that. It drives me insane watching somebody who plays the way the, his style of play. Absolutely drives me up the wall. But number one, major winner. Number two, a victorious Ryder Cup captain has the experience yes. to lead the team to a victory. So pair him up against anybody else. He's a winner. He was. He did assemble a really good team in 2012, which was the collapse, as we all know. But redeemed himself. 2016, captain. I thought he did a great job assembling the team. Has the experience. You gotta, you gotta go with that. Um, Lee Westwood. Do you think who has the advantage there? Duval. Excuse me, Davis Love or Lee Westwood? Didn't we already include uh... Luke Donald? No, we've already, we haven't. We went. What about Robert Westwood. Carlson? So Robert Carlson, I will counter your Robert Carlson, Europe, with one Matt Kuchar. Love yeah, Matt Kuchar. Kuch was literally the only reason he's a vice captain was because he wasn't picked to be on the team, and they are like, you know what, come and hang out, be a vice captain, walk around, you're going to do great. And we've talked about Kuch before, good trash talker, 
I'm sure it's fine. But yeah, pair Cooch up against Robert Carlson. We still haven't talked about. Uh, well, I guess we have named everybody else at this point for Europe. Yeah, I mean Robert Carlson. What in the world has he done? Yeah, Cooch, big advantage there. Trash talker will be able to keep the guys loose out there. Not too, not too tense. Can joke with the younger guys. Joke up with Phil. Really, I think Matt Kuchar is the Phil pick, right? He's got somebody's got to control Phil. Phil loves Cooch, knows that he can, um, you know, go back and forth with anybody and kind of reel him in. I like Cooch, advantage USA. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the players, and we just proved why USA is going to win. Yeah. Strictly because of captains and vice captains. Absolutely. So, right away, USA, I'm going to name all the players right now, okay? Literally. So, we got DeChambeau, Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson. Interesting. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Bubba Watson, and Tiger Woods. Seems pretty strong. When your captain's picks are Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, that's yeah, that's pretty good. Then you have Tony Finau and Bryson DeChambeau. Correct. Um, for Europe, Paul Casey, eh, Tommy Fleetwood, strong player. Sergio Tyrell Hat or Tyrell Hatton, <laughs> Rory McIlroy, Francesco Molinari, Alex Noren, Thorburn Olsen. Ian Poulter, John Rahm, Justin Rose, and Henrik Stenson. So there's there's some good players there, but I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of dead weight and a lot of unknown, right? So Stenson, Rose, Rahm, solid, solid players. Of course, Tommy Fleetwood, another solid player, and Rory. So that's five players right there that you're like, you know where you're gonna get from them, and it's gonna be well, pretty solid. Here, here's my thought, and, and here's the, the true reason I believe the U.S. is going <clears> to <throat> win for the second um, time in a row. I think the when you look at the automatic qualifiers, I do think there's some random ones from each team that you look at them and you say, how the hell did that happen? Tyrell Hatton, you, how the hell is he an automatic qualifier? Webb Simpson, how did this happen? But, so I, I almost feel like it's a wash. You know, I, I really think with golf, it's how are you playing right now? I do think that is a huge component when it comes to golf. And when you, so again, it, it's almost, it's a wash when you look at the automatic qualifiers, but the captain's picks, that is where it gets really interesting to me. For the U.S., when you're talking about DeChambeau, Tiger, right there, and Tony Finau, those three alone have been playing really, really well at the end of the year. DeChambeau just won two tournaments within the FedEx Cup. Tiger just won this past week and has consistently played great. Finau has been extremely consistent. While he hasn't won you know, anything at the end, he's been playing well, um, and I think is a good fit for the team. Phil, I can't say he's been playing great. But then when you go over to Europe, you look at their captain's picks, it's almost just like he picked these older guys just to get a better, you know, leadership role or something. But Stinson has not been playing well. Um, Paul Casey has not been playing well. And Splurgio has not played well at all. He hasn't done anything. He got married and his game fell apart. 
Um, Ian Poulter is the only one who's played well lately. So to me, I think when you watch this weekend, I think that's going to be the difference maker. I think it's going to be the captain's picks. I don't think the USA is going to blow them away, but I think the captain's picks are what's going to make the difference. And that's, that's what I'm calling right now. We win by three points. Captain's picks on Sunday. Take it home. Wow. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that in-depth play-by-play analysis that you just brought in there. but I told you I'm fired up, man. <laughs> but um, saying Tiger's going to win, I wonder who Tiger would be teamed up. Singles match? Splurgio. You Tiger have to put him Sergio? against Splurgio. What about Tiger Rory? We already saw that. You want yeah, 2.0? Yeah, I know. I you you could it it probably depends on how the matches have gone and kind of the scores and everything. I think if it's if it is out of hand or if it's not real close, I think you have to put Tiger and Splurgio together just for I, I feel like that's gonna draw more viewers. So Question for the the team portion of it, right? Friday, uh, the two main teams. Who are you pairing up together in the USA, right? I look at I look at this list and I say Brooks and Dustin got to go together. Bomb squad, you know, bomb squad in there. Um, Jordan, Patrick, Reed, they've been playing well together. I'll Keep be. them together. Uh, Justin, Ricky, Fowler could be could be a possibility um, from there. Bubba Watson, Webb Simpson, sure, why not? Let's just let's throw them together. I'm not sure who really we, you'd want to put Bubba with. You put him with DeChambeau. You put him with Finau. Uh, not sure. I, I, Ricky and Justin are good friends. That's that's why I think they go together. Ricky and Phil, though, they've had a great history together. Yeah, Phil was pretty emotional last year, the, the first Friday. I, I remember... Um, the first round saying how he sucked so bad if it wasn't for Ricky Fowler he wouldn't have um, you know they wouldn't have won any points and they have a great and, chemistry and all that, all that sap and, so, and, and remember too that each round you only are putting out eight golfers and you're sitting four yeah so it to me there's no reason to play Bubba that much and I gotta be honest I don't know if I'm playing Phil that much either I think you stick him out, you know, maybe early Friday or maybe Friday afternoon and see how he does, but just stick him out one round. Um, Would you put Phil and Bubba together? Two lefties. No, no, you can't. You you can't. It it would be, well, I shouldn't say it would be good viewership. Bubba's just hard, man. It's just, I don't think you can put, and remember, Phil... If you remember, before the last Ryder Cup, they put together this task force to, you know, generate a better team and a, a winning team, and it clearly worked. But Phil was kind of he helped head that up. Um, I don't think Phil would play with Bubba on a team. I, I think he wants to play with winners and guys who are proven that they can win, guys that he wants to be around. Bubba's weird. Yeah, I, but I just don't know who they paired Tiger with, right? DeChambeau. Yeah, that's that's what I come back with. I'd love to see Tiger and Tony Finau though. That yeah. Would, that would be a lot of fun. Um, or or Ricky and Tony Finau. You know, anybody. I like Tony Finau a lot. I hope I that too. he gets to play um, quite a bit. I hope he plays a lot more than Webb Simpson. Yeah, <laughs> to, Webb just to be doesn't create a big draw. I don't. I don't know. It's just like you think of Webb Simpson, and you think of. Meh. 
You know, to be honest, you could stick Webb with Bubba and just chalk it up as a loss. He has six top ten finishes this season, Webb. Yeah, great. So what? He later won the 2012 U.S. Open beating Correct. Graham McDowell. Yes. Yeah. And he won uh, TPC this year, correct? Uh, he won the Players' Championship by four strokes. Yeah. He I, won. Oh, so Webb Simpson also won for the first time on PGAs since 2013. Things that him and Tiger have in common. Interesting. Webb's probably had a little less trauma in his life than Tiger. Who know that we know of? I'm no, not. I'm not gonna. Valid argument. Valid, valid point. Argument. Yeah, I do. You know, and and that's sort of that is my concern with our team is that we do we've got a few too many head cases that are just really really odd people uh, between DeChambeau, Bubba, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, blah. I mean, it, it's you got a bunch of weirdos. So you do, I mean, you got to have that chemistry down because you can't be playing with somebody that you're not enjoying your time with or that you don't want to play with because, I mean, that'll ruin you quickly. I will say, from the Europe side, I would be kind of scared of Tommy Fleetwood and John Rahm together. That'd be a pretty dangerous... Tommy Fleet's is strong. Anybody with Fleetwood. I would put Fleetwood and McElroy, Fleetwood and Molinari, Fleetwood and Rahm. Rom had, you know, I, I love Rom. I'm, I'm a big Rom fan, actually. He has not. Big Ram? Big Rom? Big Ram fan? <laughs> yeah, he just, he hasn't had it recently. Um, I hope he doesn't get it back this weekend. Because uh, he can do some damage if he, if he is hot. Hot. Hot, hot, hot. All right. So, that was uh, pretty much the Ryder Cup preview. It does start uh, Friday. Friday at 2 a.m. Friday, 2 a.m., Le Golf National, Paris, France. Hopefully there's, a, like, I hope there's an American. Remember the American in uh, Minnesota that was just grilling the European, saying that he could make that putt and that the U.S. would make that putt? And uh, Justin Rose went out there and said, here's a $100 bill, come out here and you make it. And he made a 30-foot putt. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. I hope that guy goes to Paris. <laughs> yeah, I hope he does too. I hope he got an all-expense uh, trip to to Paris. And I can assure you, this weekend, my French neighbors are going to despise me and my American hamburger throwing, fireworks shooting, American flag waving ass. It's going to be great. Oh, do you have fireworks for this? I'm going to get some. That's a great idea. Of course it is. All right, and you should too get fireworks. Of course. Be safe, kids. But get fireworks, have some mimosas, have some orange juice, you know, whatever you're into, um, and watch the Ryder Cup this weekend because it's going to be great cheering on the USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear that, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, no, I hear it. That's 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 a marching band. That's a drumline. That's a drumline from the actual movie Drumline with your favorite guy, Nick Cannon. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with Nick Cannon. I think you have. I don't even know what movies Nick Cannon has been in. Actually. Apparently, Drumline. 
Yeah, he's been in Drumline, but he's also... He's got to have been in other movies. I was mean, he a Nickelodeon guy? He was. He married um, Mariah Carey. Oh, she seems like a stable person. So he must be doing well between Drumline and Mariah Carey. He was in uh, a movie called Love Don't Cost a Thing. I already hate him. He was in Men in Black 2. He was in Garfield, the movie. <laughs> is, is Garfield an animated one or is yeah, that a real one? An animated one. Yeah. He was in School Girls. Girls spelled G Y R L S. Yeah, I just. He was in All That. That's how he got really. He, uh, after Keenan. Um, okay. Keenan oh, so Cal. he was like the reject, All That. No, he was just. Just a good guy. Good overall guy. His his children are named Golden Cannon. I Monroe Cannon and Moroccan Scott Cannon. Are you being serious? Yeah. I can't stand him. He's the worst. He's the worst actor of all time. You haven't even seen his movies to I, be able to I judge can tell. if he's good. No. Anybody who names their kid Golden and Moroccan, worst actor of all time. What about Monroe? I'm okay with Monroe. How would you? How do you think Nick Cannon spells this? It's gonna be so stupid, isn't it? Just guess. Just spell Monroe. How does he spell it? M U double N R O W. No, M O N R O E. Okay. All right. So that's it's probably a family name. All right. So now he's back up to like level two. No, no, no. He's the worst. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, we did all that uh, just to bring back the topic of college football, right? So we, we did a little recap um, before, but now that we are, what are we? Uh, four weeks four, in. Four weeks in, right? Because you know how I thought about that? Was you can't spell Willie without two L's. That's right. That's right. That Old was Willie last Taggart. week, and then they, they won. So they are well, two. Well, they still have two L's. They're two and two, though, right? They still have two L's. They still have two L's. So, um, yeah, we're four weeks in. We had a lot of predictions before the um, in the beginning of the year. Um, we had our final four picks, and we went kind of by conference, right, in the Power Five. I left out the Big 12 in the Power Five. So we have the Big 10, Big 12, SEC, ACC, and Pac-12. I picked a team from... All except the Big 12, saying that they were going to be left out. You left out the Pac-12. That's not true. Your, no, I you left did out not. the ACC. You left out the ACC, which is not looking like a bad thing. So if we look at conferences right now, let's go ahead for time's sake. SEC looking like a pretty good conference. I think that they have. A, they're definitely going to get one team in. Six teams in the top 25, four additional teams receiving votes, 10 strong teams in the league, very deep, very strong. Yeah. So there you go. Now we have three other conferences left. So let's analyze of which conference has the best shot to put in a team for the playoffs. And by other three, I mean there's four more conferences. So the SEC is there. Let's look at Pac-12, ACC, Big 12, and Big Ten. I'm going to start off with the Big Ten. You have Ohio State's looking good. Urban Drama went past them. Dwayne Haskins, good quarterback. That's looking good. I picked Michigan in the beginning of the year to go to the playoffs. Uh, didn't start off well against Notre Dame, but 
Michigan is a, a team that gets better over time. So they could still have they still have a chance, I think. If they if Ohio State goes undefeated and Michigan would go undefeated as well and beat Ohio State, I would say they have a very good chance of beating of still being there in the playoff. In the playoffs, I think the Big Ten is good. Not to mention they still have was uh, Penn State. Penn State had a little bit of a struggle against App State beginning. They haven't played anybody. The thing about the Big Ten is they don't play anybody. Um, yeah, until they they play each other. Penn State was my pick from the Big Ten. I'm still going to stick with them. I I think there's too many good teams for them not to get somebody in. You know, they're they're going to beat up on each other, much like the SEC. But whoever gets out of there alive uh, will make the playoffs. So. Wisconsin was a top 10 team was um, yeah. on there, and they, uh, they've had a little bit of struggles. So you can't say the, – the big teams coming to the season in the Big Ten were it, Ohio it, State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and, and Penn, Penn State. State. But Wisconsin lost to BYU at home. That is, that's a bad loss. That is. So now we're down to three good teams. In the Big Ten. Well, yeah, but you're you're including Michigan in there like like that's a given. I I don't understand why they. I I think that there's still there's still time and there's still an opportunity for Michigan to do good things. The I think Michigan's saving grace is their loss to Notre Dame. People at Every year, and we've talked about this before, but in, or excuse me, Notre Dame is overrated, and they're going to look at that loss at Notre Dame as not a bad loss. I actually disagree. I don't think Notre Dame's that good. I've had the chance to watch them play a little bit. They're just they're always going to be overrated. Yeah, I guess Michigan State was in the conversation too, but they had a loss against Arizona State. Um, second game of the year, so they haven't really... Shout out Herm Edwards, turning that program around. Herm Edwards, big Herm. You play to win the game. That's right. Play to win the game. So... But we both agree that Big Ten's going to get somebody in there. Big Ten's going to get somebody in there. They still, they still got time. So let's shift our focus now to the Pac-12. Let's. Okay. So the Pac-12, I actually had Washington winning the whole uh, college football playoffs... Um, they started off, it was a closer game than it, the score said it was a closer game against Auburn, you know. Right. They went, they went back and forth. Um, I still think they can control their destiny. So you have Washington, big teams in the Pac-12, Washington, USC, uh, Stanford, and Oregon. And Stanford, how about their come from behind win over Oregon? Yeah, that was that was big. So I don't know if I really even say USC is a big threat anymore. No, they lost USC's to Stanford terrible. and got killed by Texas. Actually, they they got killed both. USC is garbage. Both they're times. they're horrible. So throw them out. Washington. Yeah, they lost to Auburn. They still haven't lost. Um, looking at their schedule, they beat. Arizona State last week. They play BYU, UCLA, Oregon, Colorado, California, and then Stanford at home. It's it's between them and Stanford. I there's there's nobody else in the the 
Pac-10, 12, 18, that's any good. I, UCLA is, you look at Chip Kelly, oof, he walked into a dumpster fire. USC's terrible. Nobody else in the, the Pac-12 is going to give anybody a run for their money. It's Stanford and Washington. Both legit teams, but they're just, they're just not very deep. No, not very deep at all. And being that Washington and Stanford are both in the same division, um, only one of those teams is going to be able to play for the Pac-12 championship. I, I Yeah, I think the winner of that game goes on to the college football playoffs. Yeah, most likely. So that leaves us with the Big 12. Do we want to go to the Big 12? See if we... Uh, Reanalyze them, right? We did not have them. Well, I did not. I took them out of my uh, final four picks. You had TCU in there, which, uh, how'd that turn out for you? TCU is not looking great. That's not looking like a good pick. It was my wild card pick. Uh, I thought they would be the ones to get out of the Big 12. They will not. Um, but I will tell you that Oklahoma looks way better than I thought they were going to look. They look great. Except last week against Army when they had to win in overtime. Yeah, that's true. But I do think every team always that goes on to play in the playoffs or play for national championship, they always have one game during the year where uh, they get by, probably shouldn't have won, uh, but they do get by. Um, I'm sure Oklahoma is just overlooking that game, uh, you know, not really taking Army seriously. That doesn't concern me that much. Yep. So Big 12, I mean, yeah, the Big 12, I would say it's an arms race between Oklahoma and West Virginia. West Virginia hasn't lost yet. They really haven't been challenged yet either. They have Texas Tech, Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor. Those are all wins that they should have. Texas could be competitive. Texas, TCU, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma. So the last four games, a little bit challenging. Big, big time programs there in the Big 12. That'll be interesting. Um, the showdown against Oklahoma is going to... Don't sleep on Texas one. Tech. Texas Tech slings it around. I, that's one reason I love the Big 12 is anybody can win at any time. They're just throwing it around the yard. It's very entertaining. A team can get hot. It's first to 50 is going to win. It, I, I don't know. Texas Tech's pretty good. They got blown out by Ole Miss. There's not a chance that Texas Tech is going to do anything. I know you like their coach. He looks like Ryan Gosling. He's best friends with, um, you know, Tom Brady. He wears his Ray-Bans out when he's coaching. Right. You got to cheer for the good-looking guys, right? No. No, I, no, I don't. I don't, I don't have I'm just saying I think they any team can win at any time. Great. Great analysis. Kyle. In the Big 12. I can't believe we're paying you for this kind of analysis. In the Big 12, I'm just saying don't sleep on Texas Tech. Okay. Right on. Uh, ACC. The weak. ACC. Weak. Yeah, it, it, I would say it is weak. I didn't think about it, but you got Clemson, top 10 team, top, what is Clemson even ranked now? I'm, I'm not three. sure. Three. Number three. But then after that, uh, Florida State, nope, Ooh, that's not vomit. looking good. Uh, Georgia, Miami. Gross. Okay, Miami lost to LSU, and now their next competitive no, They games, didn't lose, they got smoked. Let's look at Miami's next games. UNC, Florida State at home, UNC and Florida State at home, at Virginia, at Boston College, Duke, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Pitt. Uh, 
wake me up when it's yeah happening. wake me up at the end of the year and ask Virginia Tech how their season is Oof. yeah they lost to at Old Dominion at Old Dominion not at, at Old Dominion that's probably why they do play Notre Dame great um, who cares from the ACC is terrible and th- this is what I was you know saying to begin the year this is why I think ACC is not going to get somebody in it's not that I think Clemson is a bad team it's that I think at some point they will slip up throughout the year, and I think that loss will keep them out because the ACC is so bad that a loss is really going to deter them from staying. Because I think you're going to have a couple one-loss teams from legitimate conferences with legitimate wins, and Clemson will not really have a – their, their best win is going to be against A&M, who might be – they could put A&M – could realistically be fourth or fifth in the SEC West, and that's going to be Clemson's best win for the year. Think about that. Could be South Carolina. Could be their best win. No. No. <laughs> no. no uh, yeah. So this begs the question, is the American Athletic Conference, let's go step away from the Power Five, <sighs> right? You have UCF. A team who's won every game now for the last year. Um, they played FAU, something down. They're playing Pitt. They're playing a uh, ACC team that Miami will play. We'll see how they do. But they're playing Pitt, SMU, Memphis, East Carolina, all wins. Temple, Navy, Cincinnati, and end the year at USF. So basically... They're, they're going to be favorites in every single game they play. Yeah, they're, they'll play maybe uh, USF. At the, well, they are going to play USF in the end of the year, and that's really the whole conference. We'll see if they do good. Uh, no, we, we, can't even, we can't even pretend. It, it seems like good hot takes, good material. You cannot throw the AAC into a, a power conference. Now, what if it, UCF goes undefeated? They this could. Year? If UCF goes undefeated, it probably is going to be difficult to keep them out two years in a row. I do think it would be difficult for the committee. I would. I wouldn't care because I don't. You cannot reward teams for not. The whole reason we set up this panel to select teams for the college football playoffs was so they could look at their full body of work and one of those prerequisites was who did you play throughout the year if that if they're really going to put weight on that and they really want college football to create a better schedule and not play cupcakes throughout the year in their non-conference play you have to keep teams like UCF out for even if they are undefeated if you want to get in the college football playoffs you can say stay in your stupid conference but you better play some really good teams for your out-of-conference games. And do not try to tell me, oh, we went out and scheduled Pitt. They're an ACC team. No, that does not count. Pitt does not count. Go schedule a quality opponent. They scheduled North Carolina. It was canceled for a hurricane. They scheduled two ACC teams. How, do, how would they We just know? got done fin- finished talking about how bad they are. That's not their fault. Of course it is. You know who's going to be – now, it'd be one thing if they went out – You don't know three out, or four years from now it'd be who's going to be good. No, it, it's one thing if you go out and schedule like a Virginia Tech and they're having a down year. Okay, at least you attempted. At least you tried. 
I Pitt the last time Pitt was good, Larry Fitzgerald played for them. He's been in the pros for 37 years. He's 54 <laughs> years old. What do you? You you're Your hate for UCF is unmatched. It's I as just close to your hate for the Jacksonville Jaguars fans. You you cannot play their schedule year in and year out. If you win all their games, you you can't. Pre- it's just not even in the same stratosphere as any other conference. Even the ACC that we talk about is so bad. It's just not even in the same ballpark. It's their um, they have they're a lose lose situation, right? If they ever schedule a big team and they win, they're say, oh my god, well that team is down, right? That has a down year. Of course they want to play them. Right, but if they lose, they say, "Oh, well, of course they're supposed to lose to this team." It's always a lose-lose. Like for instance, they lost to they beat Auburn, right? Well, the excuses are, well, it was a bowl game, right? So Auburn didn't really care. They had the toughest schedule in the nation, so they didn't really show up. Good for UCF for winning, but whatever. If they had lost to Auburn, they're gonna say, "Oh, yeah, of course you guys suck. There's no reason that you should ever." Play with us. They are in a lose-lose situation. It, it, it stinks, but it is what it is. The best thing that they can do is leave the conference. Correct. And join somewhere else. That that is that's exactly what you can do. Is leave go go to a big boy conference and start playing against big boy teams. It's exactly right. But why? Why wouldn't? You, isn't there something to be said of the people? This is America, right? This is where we make things from nothing. The little guy Correct. always wins, right? Correct. Not always wins. The little guy can win. The David versus Goliath story. Right. That's what they want. That's what they're they're rooting for. They, if we expand the playoffs to eight teams, which I think we should do anyway, then you throw them in. While it's four, I think it's a. I I think it's silly that they would get a nod over these. Here's the flip side to that. If you're, let's say. Uh, let's say Clemson doesn't get in, okay? To my prediction, Clemson doesn't get in, and they play the schedule that they do. Why doesn't Clemson say, forget this, I'm joining the Patriot League so I can play in the Patriot League every year and make the playoffs because I guarantee we're going undefeated. They don't do that because they would lose a lot of money. Okay, but they could get into the playoffs and make up a lot of the cash that they're losing. No, no, they wouldn't. My point being, they're obviously that to me that defeats. Uh, what would happen though, in all honesty, is that these teams would not schedule good out-of-conference games. They would say, "Why does that even matter? Why is it irrelevant?" UCF plays a garbage schedule. Other than our conference games, we're going to play a garbage schedule. Well, let's let's agree to disagree on that so we're not going to have UCF in there we're going to stick with the power five and that's where the playoffs are coming from I think I'm still going to I like my uh, choices I still think that the big 12 will be left out um, although I'm on the fringe of if anything I would keep the ACC out and put the big 12 in and substitute that um, Kyle, do you like your uh, your four conferences, at least one representative from them joining the playoffs? Yeah, I still like my four conferences. I like. You like Pac-12, SEC, 
Big Ten and the Big 12. So you Correct. would say the ACC will be taken out. Of ACC. Course, ACC, no. except TCU is not going to be the representative. Of the Probably Big not. It would be interesting to see good. West Virginia, though. You know, look, that that'd be a, a, a nice uh, change-up, right? West Virginia goes undefeated the rest of the year. At the last game of the year, beats Oklahoma. Ooh. And then uh, you got to put them into the Oh, yeah. Of course. Playoffs. Of course. And that, that would Even be with one loss, you could still get in. Will Greer going to the uh, winning national championship. That would be something. Oof. As a Florida fan, that might infuriate you. No, not if you just don't think about it. <laughs> Go play someone, UCF. Lightning round, Kyle. Woohoo! Exactly. Let's do it. That's how we all feel. All right, Kyle, I'm going to kick off this lightning round here for you with a real good question. Let's hear it. LeBron James is a Los Angeles Laker now. LeBron. 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 LeBron now. He had his press conference today. He talked about all the ways that the Lakers still have a long way to go. Are you ready to take LeBron to the Western Conference Finals in his first year? To the Western Conference Finals? Well, the that's Golden a State. Great question. I, I know that's that's why I asked it. That is a great question. I think the answer is no, but ask me in the winter of. 2019. Oh, when you can just change your mind? In January. I don't know, man. I, I think LeBron is so Tiger-esque in the fact that when Tiger was in his prime, it just, he was just crushing everybody. You know, you just got used to Tiger winning. Um, it was the same old, same old week in, week out. That's like LeBron now when he plays. He is the MVP year in, year out. He is a freak. He is absolutely dominant. I think shifting him to L.A. is going to completely change the culture of the West. With that being said, L.A. has a long way to go. I think Rajon Rondo is an underrated pickup for them. I think they're going to make it to the Western Conference semis. That's as far as they'll get. Lance Stevenson is also a pickup. Yeah, speaking of weird dudes, he'd fit in well on our Ryder Cup team. And Europe Ryder Cup team. Except he's not European. He could be French. There's black people in France. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true. I'm just pointing out the fact that he's, you know, American. That we know. I mean, I haven't seen a birth certificate. but DeChambeau can't be American. No way he's American. (laughs) I don't want to claim him. (laughs) <laughs> Get that weirdo out of here. Yeah. He's probably some French Canadian. Yeah, not a fan. Gross. All right, Juan, I got a question for you. NFL, we're three weeks in. Currently watching a little Monday Night Football. Bucks started off hot. Currently getting drilled right now by the Steelers. But after watching three full weeks of the NFL, who do you think? Which two teams look the best to you? and you anticipate seeing the Super Bowl currently. If you had to go right now after three weeks. Right now, after three weeks, 
I would go with the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams. Ooh. Jared Goff, they're looking good. Sean McVay, 32-year-old head coach, remembers everything, every single play that he's ever called. It's uh, They have a good defense. I'm going to go with the Rams. And on the AFC side, no, it's not the New England Patriots, Kyle. No, it's not the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, it's not the Houston Texans. I don't know why it would be. No, um, horrible. Kansas City Chiefs. They Patrick Mahomes, I thought this would be the game that they would struggle. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings just got blown out by the Bills. With, Who saw nobody, that coming? Nobody saw that coming. Um, but the Chiefs, I mean... He's good. He, he looks really good. His hair, not so good. But I'm going to go with Chiefs and Rams. That's what I like going to the Super Bowl if you had a gun to my head right now. I want to disagree with you, but I can't. I, both of those teams look phenomenal. Um, I, in my Eliminator League, I'm already out. I lost week one. I bought back in. Lost last week. It's been quite the season already. Uh, just throwing that out there. No, nobody cares, Kyle. I know. Nobody cares. I know. I'm sad. All right. Well, speaking of sad, this question will either make you really sad or just kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Um, SEC, you like, you're a big Florida Gator fan. Um, I look at the SEC passing TDs. Tua Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. I don't even know how to say it. Tua T. Let's just roll with Tua. Tua, right? I'm going to read you the SEC passing touchdown leaders. There is Tua with 12, Drew Locke with 11, Jordan Tamu with 10, and there was one other name I left out. Felipe Franks is tied with Tua for 12 passing touchdowns in the SEC. Are you a believer in the Franks era now? I'm most certainly not. Um, As a matter of fact... I would still argue, we, we, I, I'm including myself with the Florida Gators, I would say Florida Gators are blowing out their teams that they've beaten in spite of Franks. Uh, I think the touchdown passes are a red herring uh, for the real performance he's put on. Uh, he's extremely inconsistent. His completion, completion percentage is very low. He looks horrible throwing the ball. Our O-line isn't helping him out either. Six turnovers in a game helps you blow out teams. When you force six turnovers uh, in a game and don't kill the team, you're doing something wrong. Uh, He looks better. He looks better. I am optimistic that he will continue to improve with Mullen as the coach, but don't put him in the same category as Tua quite yet. Okay. I won't dig any uh, any any deeper in that, but I agree he's making improvements. We'd just like to see the consist. I would like to see the consistency a little bit more. Consistency, keyword. I like it, but I like the improvements. Keep it up. Keep it up. All right, I'm gonna shift to a sport we don't really talk about much. The MLB. Uh, we are wrapping up the regular season, and the AL is pretty much locked in. Um, NL still has a lot of work to do. 
to get the seedings. But I want to know, who is your favorite team to win the World Series? Favorite team to win the World Series right now? Um, baseball is kind of like basketball, where the, usually whoever wins the most is going to win. But actually, no, take that back. Baseball, a little bit different. So... <laughs> My first thought is the Boston Red Sox. I would love to see the New York Yanke- Yankees win. Uh, the Astros. Do I go NL, AL? Uh, tough, tough, tough. I'm going to go with Los Angeles Dodgers over the Boston Red Sox. Dodgers go again to the World Series, and they beat the Red Sox in the World Series. Wow. I like it. I would love to see Kershaw win. I did not expect you to pick the Dodgers. You're a Yankees guy. I am. You're not picking the Yanks? Judge is back? Yeah, there's still a lot of time Stanton's left. Stanton's still jacked? Come on, man. Yeah. Just, this is, I'm an independent analysis, you know, analyst. And this is what I do. Whatever you say, man. Whatever, Whatever say. I say, that's right. So, anyways, thanks again, guys. We're back. We're going to keep it going. We're going to grind this out like Tiger grinds out wins. Hopefully, we're going to bring up 80 of these wins to you in the near future. All right? So, thanks for joining us, JK Sports Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and check out some of the pictures that we uh, posted from this weekend's Web.com tour. Thank you, everybody, again for the Web.com tour.